Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Go ahead and be seated. Uh, let's, let's, let's pray together. Um, Dear Father, uh, I pray that the words of this song would be true for us um, in our lives, and not just this moment. We we pray that you you uh, you would make Christ be magnified in in us. Let His beauty shine uh, out of us. The greatness of Christ come through us every 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 moment. Um, we pray that for our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Good morning. My name is Daryl. Hey, I'm the pastor here at Arbor Bridge. Um, thanks for joining us this morning. I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of part of our worship service today. Um, before I before I share my message, I have a few uh, few thoughts I want to uh, to share with you um, before we begin. So, um, <clears throat> most of us, uh, if you have children, um, you invest in them. You want to invest in seeing them become the greatest uh, version of themselves. Uh, you, you buy them food. You send them to college. You you teach them about God. You put them in sports. Um, I've never been very good at school. Uh, so when I was really young, um, I was so bad at school, they wanted me to, they wanted to put me in um, uh, a special class to, uh, to help me um, with my, uh, my learning needs. So my mom, who was a single mom at that time, she was a single mom, a public school teacher. Uh, she, she took me out of that school um, and she, um, she put me into a private school. Uh, and again, if you've ever looked into how much private schools cost, it's very expensive. So she, she was investing in me. Um, she was believing in me. She was investing in me, becoming something better than what, these, what, the, what that school thought I could be, becoming something more. Um, and uh, it, it, just, it, made, it made a huge difference in my life. It made a huge difference in my life. If you're a member of our church family, um, I want to ask you to invest in this group of people that, that kind of a way. Invest in this group of people tr- trying to help it become the best, best version of ourselves that, that we, that we can be. Um, so I've talked, I've talked with you, you guys about the idea of us being a sacred community together. Um, that can't happen without you being a part of it. You investing in it, seeing that it happens, um, investing financially certainly is a part of it. Um, you can do that by going to arborbridgechurch.com forward slash give. Um, you can also invest through the mail by sending your investment to 2500 South Main Street, um, <clears throat> Ann Arbor, uh, 48103. And if you're here with us in person, there's a white box out in the lobby you can use to, to put your investment in. Um, last, um, last year about this time, uh, the elders and I brought up to you guys this idea that we wanted to ask you to consider making a clear commitment to our church family by saying, this is how much I plan on investing in our church family for the, for the year of 2023. Um, I'd like, like for you to pray about that, uh, set a goal, write it down. We've talked several times about how writing down goals is helpful for us accomplishing goals. Um, on F- Sunday, February 26th, that'll be like the, whatever the due date or the time that uh, I'd love for you to, to set as, you know, this is the day I want to turn in or to, to, 
to say out loud or share with us what you're going to do. So there are some commitment cards out on the lobby and that on the white table out there. Um, they're they're uh, basically a card that you can say, hey, this is how much I want to invest. Um, and then there's a part of it you can tear off to put in that little white box. And then um, that will help the elders and I uh, wrap our minds around um, how where God's leading us this year. Um, but uh, also there's a place online that you'll be able to do if you are not subscribed to our email list. Um, please uh, go to b- the bottom of any page of our website and uh, there you can say, hey, put me on the email list. But if you if you are subscribed to the email list, there's a place in the emails where you can um, you can click a link and it'll take you to a place where you can uh, make it and make your investment clear there. And I, I do know that the link wasn't working right or something wasn't working right about uh, this week. So some those of you guys who've already uh, already uh, tried to use the link. Um, I think we got that fixed now. So if, it, if it's not fixed, let me know. And then uh, I'll follow up with you on that. So um, <clears throat> uh, around 3,500 years ago, um, if, if you were um, an ancient Israelite, you had this idea, you had this picture of what the good life was in your mind. Um, and it was related to a, pomp, a promise that God had made to, to his people, where he basically said, um, this this is what I, I want to take you to this, this great piece of property, um, big enough for all your families. And so what they did in their minds, they started to develop what that would be like when they got there. They would, they, they had this thought of this place, you know, where they, 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 they dreamed about, you know, good meals with family, enjoying conversation with great friends, um, sitting around a fire with people you love, all the things that, you know, that, that we think about or dream about, or, you know, when you think about what the good life looks like, they had their own dreams of what that looked like to them too. Um, slow and rich and peaceful and safe. Uh, the good life, the good life. Um, and maybe you have an idea of what you think the good life would be like in your mind. Certainly, maybe you wouldn't articulate it like that, but all, you know, all of us have something that we think of when we think of this is what the good life is. So in mine, there's like, there's this picture of what my marriage is like and uh, what my family is like. Um, there's this picture of what my church is like. Um, it has some elements of what my job is like. Um, there are elements of, of what, what the people that I respect around me, there's, there's an element of what they think of me. That, that, that's a part of what the good life is to me. Um, and I have a, I have some, there's some specific possessions that I have that I, I want to have in my, in my good life picture. Um, and I feel like when I start to think about it, the good life for me is is a little bit. There's this feeling, I suppose, that, that's kind of overarching all of all of my ideas about the good life. Um, and it's, it's kind of it's, it's it's similar to the feeling that I have when I'm working on something specific. Um, I'm I'm doing a specific job that I'm kind of throwing myself into, and the people who are receiving it are you know they say, Daryl, that was so meaningful. Or uh, you, great job, you knocked it out of the park. Um, well done, you crushed it. Um, uh, that was exactly what I needed. Or you know, or, or just just the feeling of of it, it, maybe people don't say anything, but the feeling, and maybe this has happened to you before, where you're in the middle of doing something, you're you're a part of something that you 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 kind of look up and you realize I'm a part of something special. This is where you know you realize you're part of you're part of something really really powerful. Um, really, really great. That, that feeling is, is kind of what I have in the back of my mind when I think about, about a good life. That's a good life for me. Um, and I'm always chasing it. I'm always trying to get it. 
I'm always trying to, to kind of, I've had that feeling before and I'm trying to kind of get it again. Um, so in the, in the first message of the series, we talked about how we're made with infinite desire that can't be satisfied. And then last week, uh, we, we saw that no matter how difficult our circumstances are, um, you can have the, the, some of the most difficult circumstances we can imagine. And we can still build a rule of life that can help us see our infinite desire satisfied by Christ. So no, no matter what terrible, difficult things that you're going through, Christ can still meet your desires. So many of us have been taught, like, if you're a Christian, um, if you've been a Christian for very long, that when you experience pleasure, if you're experiencing pleasure as a Christian, then maybe you're doing it wrong. You know, Christianity is supposed to be really hard and you're not supposed to like it. And just you like it when you get to heaven, but not right now. Um, but the Bible says the opposite of that, though. It says it teaches us to find delight in Christ. Listen to this verse. Um, it says this. You have let me experience the joys of life. You have let me experience the joys of life and the exquisite pleasures of your own eternal presence. You have let me experience the joys of life and the exquisite pleasures of your own eternal presence. Um, I want us to experiment with routines and habits that help us experience the exquisite pleasures of God's presence. Uh, I, I don't hear people talk about that when they talk about God. They, I don't hear people talk like that. Say, man, I, I just ex- I experienced exquisite pleasure when I was praying the other day. I want us to experiment with how we can find, experience that kind of pleasure. The Bible says it's there. And the question that I, you know, the Bible says it's there is why aren't I experiencing it? Um, And I think that it's in him that we find the good life. So most of us, you know, we don't have a lot of experience of finding our delight in him. So it's going to take practice. It's going to take messing up. It's going to take, you know, that's that. But I I, I want us to not give up on trying. Um, When we're seeking the good life in him, we will, you know, we we find something really amazing. So, you know, and, and, when we're seeking, we're not seeking the good life in him. Um, it will, we will, we will seek it in something. If you're not seeking to find, if you're not intentionally seeking to find the, the, the answer to our unlimited desire in him, we will seek it elsewhere. Um, and when we do that, it leads to uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. In order to find our delight in him, we have to break those addictions, um, and replace it with him. So uh, at this time, um, I wanted to bring my friend Anna up who has some experience connecting with Christ. And my, my friend Jeremy is going to bring us some chairs because we're going to do it interview style. Um, so uh, I am super grateful to her for being willing to share her, uh, share her story. So come on, come on, come on over here. Um, yeah, yeah, get, get up for Anna. She's very, very courageous. <laughs> uh Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Do you have a chair preference? Um, probably the one. All right, all right. You get that one. <laughs> uh, ooh. So, um, Anna, Anna's got a great story, and I just wanted, to, I wanted her to be able to share a little bit of it with you. But um, some, I wanted to be able to ask her questions to make sure she said all the things I wanted her to say. 
Uh, <laughs> so um, first, I, I just thought it might be helpful if you, if you um, kind of would share with us about your journey. Um, uh, this, uh, would, would you, I guess, would you guess kind of tell us about some of some or one of your most recent addictions that you've kind of been dealing with or going through? There were a couple, but the one that brought everything to a head was alcohol. And in last year, on April 7th, I checked into a residential um, treatment center in Minnesota mm-hmm. and came back May 16th. And I've been doing outpatient treatment at Dawn Farm, uh, which I'll be actually finishing up this this month. So good job to you. Good job to you. Good job to you. So how how did you come to recognize that you had a problem when it happened? I'd say it's something I felt for a while. I can remember towards the beginning when everything kind of started that. Uh, I was living with people, and I remember having the feeling that I needed to hide it before they got home. And that feeling really stuck with me for the next six years. So in a sense, I felt like I feel like I knew it, but um, it wasn't really until being broken. Um, that kind of happened in March last year. And I think, ultimately, I wouldn't have recognized the truth about anything were it not for God's spirit waking me up to see it. And I think that realization that I don't have the ability to even know myself accurately um, is terrifying, but I'm glad I know it. I'm glad that he's helped me to see it because I think there's just too many dimensions of darkness within me that I can know on my own, you know, by myself without, without him showing it to me. So I don't feel like I necessarily recognized. I feel like he helped he, helped me to see it. Yeah, yeah. And then you you said a little bit about your your detox program that you entered into. Like, was that was the detox program the key to getting you on the road to recovery? I think it it certainly played a part. But had I not had that really bad breaking beforehand, um, I don't think it would have been as useful as it was. You know, when you're in treatment, one of the things you see is a lot of people are there because they have to be, um, whether by the state or whatever, they, they have to be there. And oftentimes they end up coming back to treatment again and again um, by order of the state or whatever. So for me, I was there on my own volition, but um, it was because of that really dark place beforehand that you and a few others here were able to, to kind of witness and be a part of. Um, I mean, I was pretty broken. I think if um, everybody would, uh, that saw me there would attest to that. And I think that, that part is what then made me more recept- uh, receptive to treatment. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, um, that's kind of what, I don't know, just got, got me on the road that continues to make me um, be open to, to help and to healing and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I just a, a quick sidebar. Um, there's several, you know, several folks from our church who are a part of that, and I just have to say, awesome job to you. That is sacred community. Um, thank you for that. Uh, and again, part of the sacred community is you agreeing to to let us into the 
let us into the conversation, let us into the party. So thank you for that. Um, that is very meaningful for me to get to be a part of it. Um, is the Sabbath play any part in your recovery process now? Um, is it any part of helping you, um, whatever, stay clean? That, yep. Is that the right word to say? Um, I would say that's a new idea for me, for one thing, thinking of it through that lens of, of Sabbath. Um, you know, and thinking of it in terms of imitating God's rest after creation, that there's some, maybe some of that, but I find like in De- Deuteronomy when Moses talks about, he links remembering uh, to obedience and Israel's to remember their slavery in Egypt. And that is uh, the motivation for them to keep his law. And so for me, um, remembering how bad it was, remembering uh, the the type of slavery that I experienced, um, that that can be very that resonates more with me um, right now, at least, um, because that's when I remember that, then I really want to to enter that rest mm-hmm. and to to be at peace there, because that I don't want to go back, yeah. um, even though there's still a lot of me that wants to go back to that it's it's a weird even though you don't want it there's there's still always that pull to to go back and it would be easy to i mean there's still a lot of me that wants to to drink you know that that doesn't really go away but uh the the remembering part when i really remember how bad it was that's then i don't want to so much Yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah um When when all when all when all of this starts to go down, um, there was a point when you were you were working, um, you were you were working at the credit union, um, ju- and then just after that uh, was kind of where you were. I guess you were able to break. Well, I, do you remember a, a moment when you were able to kind of see your addiction for what it was and make the decision, like do something about it, or, when, the, or, or was there a moment like when the breaking happened where you, you feel like there were circumstances that. So when I quit my job at the credit union, that was still me, uh, an attempt to do what I wanted to do to kind of shape my life the way I wanted to shape it, what I thought would make me the most happy. So that really wasn't it, it but it did contribute to the spiraling. And I think ultimately it was um, my body's response to my addiction, just physical response. Um, I had tried to quit, um, to try, tried to not drink, but the withdrawals that my body went through, uh, really terrified me. And that, yeah. that was actually what I was like, I remember thinking like, I don't want to die, like, <laughs> which was something I was pretty, I thought I was casual about. Um, but the, just the physical response of my body was what was what woke me up ultimately. Mm. Um, but yeah, that. Thankfully, there's there's some. I mean, a lot of people. I even met people in treatment that had lost a loved one to alcohol withdrawal, yeah. and I wow. didn't just didn't really know that that was something that I didn't. That was a thing. Yeah, that that, that was a thing. <laughs> um, so I think that that's that's what it was ultimately. Was was that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Anna and I have been talking about uh, on Easter. So. 
preview. Um, she'll be sharing more of her story. Um, that, that would be uh, will, that'd be like right at the your 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 year. My year of um, my one year will be actually Good Friday, and then uh, which I find meaningful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Easter, so we'll have kind of a a special meaning also. Yeah. 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 So she'll be sharing more about her I'd story. I like that you brought that up now so that I can't get out of it. Because I was on the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. No. It's good. Now, now we're good. Yeah. It was, uh, that preview, it's coming soon. It's going to be awesome. Uh, okay. Uh, I'd like, I'd, I'm just going to pray for Anna. Thank you for saying thank, It's huge for her being willing to come and share. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's, uh, I... <laughs> People being willing to be so transparent about, you know, their stuff helps us, helps the rest of us. So let me pray. Um, Dear Father, uh, you are so great, uh, so gracious. Um, I I thank you for the the picture that Anna's laid out for us um, and how, you know, in in so many ways she is us. we We are all the same. We are all in the same boat. And I just thank you for what you've done in her. I thank you for her willingness to be a part of our church family. I thank you for her willingness to share and let us into this conversation. Let us, let's be a part of this. Let's be a part of the, 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 the wind that she's experiencing now that we experience this together. Um, thank you for her, her willingness to let us be a part of that. Thank you for the people in our church family who've been a part of it up to this point. Um, and I just pray for her story, her thing to inspire others of us to deal with the addictions that we have and take them seriously so that uh, we can experience the freedom that she's, she's experiencing now. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll put this over here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. I was saying to, our, to my friends um, who helped us with the worship service this morning, um, we're all addicted to something, right? And the, the good thing, if there's a good thing about what Anna's gone through, is that there's a place, when you're addicted to alcohol, there's a place you can go to and stay for a month, and then they help you uh, with your, you know, changing your life, with your, withdrawal, with, with, with your withdrawal symptoms. They help you. They say, oh, this is a place for people who are addicted to alcohol. But what about people who are addicted to entertainment? <laughs> or what about people who are addicted to saying what they think without any filter? Or what about people who are addicted to work? Like, where's that place? Where, where do those people go? Um, many of us are seeking some picture of the good life, or, or, at, least, or at least a life that's better than what we're experiencing, um, and it is, it is destroying us. Like, like Anna, like Anna kind of articulated, um, it is destroying us. It is destroying our family. It is destroying our relationship. So ever since the beginning of time, ever since the beginning of time, God's been trying to show us the good life. Um, so last week we talked about how in the Garden of Eden, God created rest. And not just stopping, not just, not just, you know, ending work, but a peaceful confidence, a trust in him, uh, the supreme satisfaction in him, that, that kind of good life. And Adam and Eve resisted. They said, I don't want that. Um, 
later, God showed up in history, promised to, to, to his people, I want to take you to the good life. I want to take you to the good life. Not just not working, but, but relying on me for life. And then when Jesus shows up, he, he says to people, you've been hearing about going to the good life for so long, you forgot that I am the good life. The good life is a person. And he tried to tell them in a hundred different ways. And they wanted to resist still. They said, you know, we, obviously we were part of that. We love to resist. So one of the things that I've been learning in our small groups about the Sabbath is that Sabbath can be a time to learn to delight in Christ. Um, it's, before we started these small groups, I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of it as kind of like a rest so that I could get ready to do my work the next week. Um, or I, I'm tired or I'm working too much. And so this will be a time to stop. But that Sabbath being a, a place or a time where I could learn to, to delight in him, to have delight in my life, that he can be the rest that I'm looking for. He can be the addiction that satisfies my desires, not, not, just, not just religion or uh, practice or a Lord to obey, but a satisfier of my most intense desires. So in chapter three of, of Hebrews, the author um, of this sermon, or it's a sermon or a letter, they can't agree on what it is, but basically it's, it's this writing where, to Jewish people. They know who God is and they know God's history with the people of Israel. And this is, what, this is how it begins in chapter three. It says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him. Um, the way out of our addictions um, isn't just willpower. Uh, we can't willpower our way out of it is to find something more beautiful to fix our eyes on. It's find, find something far greater to fix our eyes on. So in this verse, the author is calling on everyone to put their eyes on Jesus because he's incredible. Because in our thoughts, observe fully, stare at him, stare at the details of Christ, dwell on his, on his greatness. So a, a story, a story that, um, we love to tell in my family, um, is, uh, when uh, my wife and I were in college, um, one of our friends, was driving into uh, driving onto the campus. Um, it was in the morning. It was, it was early one morning. So he's driving into the campus this morning, and Montina is walking out of her dorm. And so as she's walking out of the dorm, you know, she's just she's gotten off, fixed it for the day. He's like, you know, he's driving, and then he sees her, and he's like, oh. And he drives up on the curve and <laughs> onto the sidewalk accidentally because he wasn't paying attention where he was where he was going. Which I, I love, I love that. <laughs> such a, such a, such a fun story. He was looking at something that he thought was beautiful. And so much so, he forgot what he was doing. Turn your head, kind of beautiful. I want to see Distracted by. Turn your heads. Fix your eyes. 
Let, let everything else, everything else fade into the background. I want to study, to see, to dwell on the, the, the greatness of Christ. The greatness of Christ. And to do that continually because there are endless, endless amazing things to discover about Christ. The, the Bible teaches that at the beginning of time, um, we're going to have true rest in Christ. And at that time, at that time, we're going to hear the angels well, when you're in heaven, you're going to hear the angels say this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they're going to say that. The Bible teaches that they're going to say that over and over and over and over and over again, on and on and on forever. When I read that, I think I'm going to get kicked out of heaven because I'm going to be like, would somebody tell those guys to be quiet? They've been saying that for like a hundred years. Why, 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 would, why would I be interested in, someone, in being somewhere where someone's repeating that over and over and over again? But in reality, it's like this, it's like this. Have you ever been somewhere new where everything you're discovering takes your breath away? Like, have you ever been somewhere that you've not experienced before and you're, you, you are discovering this place? I've I shared with some of you guys before. I, I, I was once, once on this beach and at this beach, the water was clearer than I'd ever experienced in my life. Like not, never something like that. I had never experienced anything like that in Michigan. Like I could I, deep forever and I could still see the bottom. It, it, it was breathtaking to me. I, I, I couldn't believe how clear the water was. But then, then to add to that, there were all these exotic fish. So fish, just brilliant colors that you would, you, you know, those of you guys who fish in Michigan, you know, you, there's nothing, nothing like that here. Just brilliant, brilliantly colored fish. And then and it's like every two seconds, another one that I hadn't seen was coming up. And so and, and I'm, Montina's there and I'm like, look at that, look at that. It, breathtaking, breathtaking. And then there was a starfish and then there was a jellyfish and then there were gigantic g- turtles with shells that's like bigger than my chest. Tons of them. Tons of them coming up close to us. And I, it was terrifyingly beautiful. It was, it, it was very, very overwhelming. It was very, very overwhelming. And in those moments, it's like every second I was seeing something more that was taking my breath away. Christ is that way. Christ is that way. And you can imagine forever being with him. Just, just, just when you've gotten used to something great about Christ that he's revealed, he'll, he'll, something else will be revealed. Something else that will floor you that you've never even thought of. Over and over and over again, his greatness is played. And, and we, you and me, we might just join in. Holy, holy, holy <laughs> is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And when you say it once, you'll be like, that's not enough. That, that isn't covering. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And you're going to have, we'll have no problem fixing our eyes on him then. We won't be able to look at anything else. We won't be able to look at anything else. The greatness of Christ on display for. Ever.
The author of Hebrews says, fix your eyes on that person. Fix your eyes on that person. Gaze at him, dwell on him. And on, on while we're here on earth, it feels hard to do that. When couples are engaged all the time, they, they often, all they can think about is each other. Um, and, and all that dwelling about that person leads to a, you know, leads to, to the kind of love or like an, like an addiction almost. They'll even say things like, I can't stop thinking about him. And then you get married to him and he has some flaws. Okay. A lot of flaws. Uh, here's the thing. Jesus Christ has no flaws. There are things in life that you see from far away and you think, man, that's beautiful. But when you get closer to it, you're like, mm, I mean, I didn't notice the That happens with things. It happens with people. You, in our minds, we elevate them but when you get you're like oh okay well that's not what I thought that was from far away it looks great Jesus Christ is the opposite of that like you might be far from Christ you might be standing back here and be like yeah I think I think Jesus he's all right the closer you get the better he gets the closer, the more that we in our minds develop the delight of Christ. We don't, we don't have, Christians today don't have a very good theology of the delight of the Lord or the beauty of Christ. But that happens when we create space to just dwell. What makes Christ so great? What makes him so great? The closer you get, the more you dwell. Another version of the, the verses that we're talking about say this. It says, so my dear Christian friends, companions in following this call to the heights, take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe. Faithful in everything God gave him to do. Um, so this verse starts off, starts off with a therefore or a so. Um, so just before, just before this verse, it says in chapter two, it starts off as just gushing, gushing about the greatness of Christ. I love, sometimes I interact with people who do that. They'll be talking about Christ like they're talking about you know, a, the way we talk about sports or a car or stuff. And they're just gushing about how great he is. He's crowned with glory. Chapter two says, he's crowned with glory. He suffered for each of us. Um, he tasted death for us. He takes people who are train wrecks, who are incurable, selfish addicts, and he takes those people and he makes them holy, which seems impossible. He, he has broken the power of sin and death and addiction. And he has suffered when he was, he suffered when he was tempted so that he could help us when we're tempted. So that, so that he could set us free from slavery to our addictions. All of those things. Therefore, brothers and sisters, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe, faithful and 
in Hebrews 2, he's trying to say, this is why, he's listing all, this, all these things, why Christ is so great. He's not just saying, fix your eyes on Christ. He, does, he makes a case first. He says, this is why he's so great. Therefore, so, fix your eyes on him. Think about him. Think about, develop your theology about why he's so great. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Listen to this. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold on to our original conviction firmly to the very end. If you and I are driving together and I say something like, hold on. If you've got your head down or you, you know, you're going, okay, what's about to happen here? Here in the the author of Hebrews, he says, hold on. Because everything in your life is going to try to rip this out of your hands. Everything that you, after you leave here, after you put this down, everything in your life is going to try to rip this picture out of your hands. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Most of our lives are designed to loosen our grip on our greatest convictions and on Christ. So Sabbath is a day to adjust our grip. Like, and if you ever, I don't know if it's, you remember the idea of, of hanging on the monkey bars or climbing on the monkey bars. Sometimes when you were hanging there, you would pause so you could adjust your grip so that you wouldn't fall. Sabbath is a day to say, okay, let me pause and adjust my grip on the greatness of Christ. On the greatness of Christ. I want you to experiment with what brings you delight. What brings you delight? And ask if it's from him and connect it, connect it to him and that, that, that collect, connect those things in your mind. Um, so one example, again, just, just quick. So, you know, we're on the same page about what I'm talking about. When I'm having a meal with friends or with family who are meaningful to me on the Sabbath, I try and I pause and I say, you know, we, we say something like, what are we grateful for? And my, my family makes fun of me. I always say that very much the same thing. I'm so grateful for just being in the room, sitting across from these people that I, so precious to me. And when we're laughing together, the, that, you know, the, this slow and rich time, just enjoying the moment, that, that moment is brought to you by Jesus Christ. <laughs> That moment, in my mind, I try to put those two things together. I try to say, yeah, this is happening because of what Christ did for all of us. Wow. He is so good to me. He is so. Where do you find delight? Where do you find delight? Here's the thing. In the Sabbath space, you have the opportunity to pause, to find delight, and to think about what you are currently finding delight in. Is it 
Christ. And if it is not, it will destroy your life. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. And maybe certainly you are not addicted to alcohol like Anna talks about up here. And in my mind, I like to say, okay, well, that's different than me. It's not different. (laughs) It's not different. All, when all we do is spend our time and resources and energy and emotions trying to capture what we think is going to make our lives better with a good life, it leads to leading more and more and more. And we hurt the people. Um, We hurt people trying to get it and make ourselves smaller. And, And just let me ask you this Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of of trying to keep up with that? Aren't you tired of trying to stay ahead of that? In our our small group on the Sabbath this past week, he talked about this idea of when when you pause in the Sabbath, it gives your feelings a chance to catch up. Gives you a feeling, you know, you've been running, you don't want to think or have to deal with whatever. But when you pause on the Sabbath, it gives everything a chance to and that maybe sounds terrible to some of you. You're like, I don't want to deal with. But let me promise you this. Let me promise you this. If you stop and come to the best person you could ever dream of, you take a hard look at Jesus. He's a centerpiece of everything we believe and faithful and everything God gave him to do. Whatever you're addicted to. Whatever you're using to find your way to the good life that you can't stop doing, he can solve it. He will make it right. And again, if you listen to Anna, if you listen to Anna's story at all, it's not, it's not all sunshines and rainbows once you make that decision. You, he has, you're going through a process, but it is the road you want most. It is what you want most. You have to replace your addiction with something more beautiful. I want to invite you to fix your thoughts on Jesus, so whom we acknowledge as our apostle and our high priest. When I read this this week, getting ready for this, I never thought of Jesus being an apostle. Uh, I never think of Jesus as an apostle, um, but, but he's most definitely that. Apostle just means sent, sent by God, sent, to, sent to, to escort you to the good life. Uh, I want that for you. I want you to allow him to be your apostle. As we take communion together today, um, the apostle Jesus, he wants to uh, be your high priest also, connecting you to the father. For that to happen, you'll have to surrender. You'll have to surrender your addiction to him. And allow him to be, to be the addiction in your place, in its place. And maybe you don't even know what your addiction is. Would you be willing, though, to find out? Would you be willing to do that? Um, so if you've never done that, I want to invite you to make the decision to do that today during our time of communion. Decide that, you know, that, that you much rather be addicted to a person who can satisfy you than uh, something else that will never be able to do what you want it to do. Uh, You do that by agreeing to follow Jesus. You do that by agreeing 
to his way for your life by being baptized into, into, into his family. Um, if you've done that before, but uh, you find yourself addicted to things that are never going to fully satisfy you, then again, during the time of communion, ask the Holy Spirit to say, would you show me, uh, is it you that I'm addicted to, Holy Spirit? Or is it something else? And if that's true, if I, if I am addicted to something else, and I, I, would, I would ask you to help me. Help me get on the path that Anna's been on so that I can imitate her as she imitates you. Let's pray together. Dear Father, as we take communion together today, uh, make clear, make clear to us what our addictions are. Help us to, uh, to leverage the Sabbath, to pause, to stop, to find our rest in you. Um, and part of that's going to be dealing with the detox from getting our own, all, our own way all the time. And detox is hard. Detox is hard. But always worth it when we put you in that, in that place. Help us during this time of communion to, to tighten our grip, to fix our eyes so that uh, you can satisfy us like you've always intended to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.